Good morning, everyone. Um, so nice to be with you all. Uh, as, as we've said a few times, we're going to be hearing this morning about the housing project. I'm aware that some people here will be much more in the loop about this, have been involved from early on. We've had meetings and uh, people share and lots of information, um, but others of you might have been kind of, uh, outside of that. So my role this morning is really to share a bit about our heart as a church and as a leadership team behind why we're doing this. I think this might be the easiest part of the day because everything we've said today already echoes the heart that we know of God for those in need. Uh, Jane shared about CAP and the numbers of those in poverty and debt poverty. Um, we sang about the need for God's grace and mercy and love um, that the church has given its role. Um, and so I've just got a couple of bits of scripture which are just going to underpin uh, what we say today, the, the why as to why we're doing this before you hear the how and the what. Um, and actually we've got two passages, I've got a couple more <laughs> which I haven't told Claire, so apologies Claire. But the thing that comes to mind to me in terms of vision as a church, what, why do we do what we do? Um, I think really I, I try and own this as a Christian myself, why do I do what I do? And it's simple. It's not easy to live out always, but it's simple enough in that uh, when Jesus asks, what is the greatest commandment? He says this. There are, uh, the first is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. That's how we worship, how we live our lives. The, the offerings we give to God, the way we present ourselves in service of God. The second, he says, is like it. To love your neighbor as yourself. And these two things are all the teaching, the law and the prophets. It, yeah. It's, it's simple. It sounds really simple. Two things. That's all we have to do. It's the two greatest commandments. Love God, love our neighbor. Um, the practice comes in. How do we do those things? I think how we, how we love our neighbor takes different forms. Some of us, it's practical. Others, it's uh, kind of emotional support. Sometimes it's all sorts of different things. As a church... I believe we're called to serve and care for those who are vulnerable, those who are poor, those who are oppressed, those who need help. And there are plenty of those around. Um, and so this project is kind of underpinned by that call to love our neighbor as ourselves. There's another passage that then explains who their neighbor is, who our neighbor is. Uh, the, the story of Good Samaritan, I won't read it all now. I'm sure many of you will be familiar with it. But in the story of the Good Samaritan, the, the, the neighbor to the person in need was the one who acted, who gave their time, their money, their resources to help and support the, the injured man, um, made sure they were cared for and supported. He didn't do everything himself. He um, paid for his, his uh, accommodation and support and all that. So we say our call is to love our neighbor as ourself, or else who is our neighbor, or who is a neighbor to those in need, it's the one who acts, the one who does, not the one who crosses on the other side. So this is our opportunity, one of many opportunities as a church, but one opportunity for us to act. Um, I'm going to read from uh, a psalm. Let's pull that up. I might turn around and read it. Uh, yeah, it's going to be easier. Psalm 68 says this. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides upon the clouds. His name is the Lord. Be exultant before him. 
father of orphans and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God gives the desolate a home to live in. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious live in the parched land. This short passage contains for us today a, a really important notice. God gives the desolate a home to live in. God's heart is for the orphan, the widow. This is something that we can, we can read and appreciate, but we can take action also. There are these people in need of housing, practical things in our community that we can support. My final bit of scripture is this um, from Matthew 25. Uh, I'll read as well. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, come you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. This brings us full circle. We are not just a church with a heart for social action. We're not going out to do good works for the sake of it. We know in James we say we can show people our faith by our deeds, but ultimately we know that whatever we do for the least of these, we do to the one in whose family they belong. The poor, the homeless, the hungry, the naked, and not just those on the margins of our society, but we understand them in a kingdom sense that they are those who need our support and by so doing, we're showing God's love. We're clothing, we're housing, we're feeding God himself in those people.